Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Turn on the charm. You don't want to turn on the charm. Come I, on. There's a. It's a knob, and <laughs> <laughs> we're recording, aren't we? Yes, we are. So the charm not knob is. Oh, it's oh, a there knob? it is. There it is. Okay, good. We're good. We're good. That was close. Welcome to No Dogs in Space, ladies and gentlemen. Extra play edition. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Carolina Hidalgo. And her fucking charm knob is turned all the way up. So it's so it's a knob. It's not like a. Fl- it's not a switch like on off. No, no, yes, yeah. It's totally like that. It's totally like that. No, I don't know. It's just. It's not about turning on the charm so much as it is like, you know, when you're on the rag. <laughs> Welcome to No Dogs in Space. Extra play. This is what you're gonna get. Yeah, this ex- is this is I mean this is our second one. Yeah. So this is kind of like our chat show version, our side stories esque version, our chat show version where we tell topical news stories about the music news, music business, all that kind of stuff. And then we like to do a second part where we do a little bit of a deep dive on something on a particular article or something. Yeah. Uh, we, we I don't know if we're gonna get into it too much this time, but yeah, we'll, it's not we'll, gonna be that deep. Let's call it a slice of music history. Yes, a slice of music history is so much better. To say yes, perfect. Uh, you have yours. My, char- my charm knob is turned up. up. It's, it's all t- the way up. <laughs> Mine's on at least eight right now. And so that's the fun that we're gonna have. We're just gonna mess around, go here and there, and of course, also add maybe a little bit of companion pieces to uh, bands that we've done before. Mm-hmm. I know Marcus already has one on deck with the replacements, so it's very exciting. Yeah, I got something that we're gonna be doing here in a, a few weeks on show after next, maybe even the next show, where it's gonna be going into the recording of "Don't Tell a Soul." But I'm still working on that one. We yeah. still got a still got a couple of tweaks on I, that one. I'm working on some uh, maybe maybe some Chelsea Hotel stuff. So Hell yeah, no Chelsea Hotel. That's going to play a really big role in the series that we're working on right now that we have already recorded the first episode of and scrapped. Patty Smith, yes. So uh, Patty Smith will be coming soon. We're almost started with it. Uh, so no worries, no worries, guys. It'll be no time. Twenty twenty two. Let's say. Let's just say that everything's going great. So let's start today with a band that we're actually going to be seeing next week yeah. at Madison Square Garden. They're doing a five-night run here in New York City. We're starting with Rage Against the Machine, but specifically we're starting with a Rage Against the Machine fan that it both surprises me and doesn't surprise me all at the same time. Yeah. Guy Fieri. 
Yes. Or should, are we? We have to make this. Uh, we have to is make he this Sicilian? decision. <laughs> I mean, well, this is a decision what we have to make for this show. As I know, on last podcast, he's Guy Fieri. I prefer Guy Fieri, but we have, as a group, decided that he's Fieri on last podcast. Are we seeing Fieri here? You do you. Guy I say Fieri. I say you do you. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri has apparently been following. Rage Against the Machine, and he has seen every single show so far that Rage Against the Machine has performed in the United States. Well, I mean, okay. To be fair, it's like five shows. <laughs> he, and in like in a period of a week. So yeah. yes, I did check that out. Guy Fieri just rocking out to, which is exciting. It is. To, to all of Rage Against the Machines, like the hits, all the great hits, every song is all killer, no filler. Yeah. All that business. But one thing I did find out is that Guy Fieri, I think there's a reason is he is probably traveling with them yeah he's probably touring with them because he's friends with brad wilk the drummer from rage against the machine Are you one serious? of the founding <laughs> members yeah they're like, friends they're, they're buddies wow and so i mean that kind of makes sense then he's they're probably like hey you want to come and sit in the bus with us for a week and a half and I'm sure Guy Fieri is like fuck yeah he's gonna tell them where all the best diners drive-ins and dives are in every single Love town it. I know exactly <laughs> who better actually to take with you in an RV. Yeah. Who better than Guy Fieri? Yeah, of course. I mean, so far he's been at the Cleveland show and that's where he met Run the Jewels. So there's a picture of Guy Fieri with Run the Jewels, which I can't fucking wait to see Run the Jewels next week. You know why? I've never actually seen a live hip hop show. I oh, never yeah. have my entire somehow like I saw this guy Saul Williams when I was in college but he's more of a slam poet um, <laughs> that was a cool show it was here in New York at a CMJ he had a lot to say about George Bush it was 2003 yes so a, we all did oh he had a very long poem about the axis of evil that was cool <laughs> super cool but yeah he's the only guy that I've seen live that's even close to hip hop so I'm really excited about seeing Run the Jewels that's cool I'm all, all about this. I'm totally into this. I'm excited. Rage Against the Machine. I've been a fan since high school, obviously. And then when, uh, what's it called, in college, when Evil Empire came out. Yeah. That was, well, actually, I don't no, know. Evil when Empire came out when we were like 13 or 14. Never mind. Yeah, but Never you... mind. I'm, I'm 55 years old, apparently. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there, because I think... Evil Empire came out before you came to the United States. Oh, okay. So never mind, everyone. <laughs> but I did know about Rage since forever, and I'm excited for this show. I know if Guy Fieri is excited for this show. I don't know if he's going to come to New York, though. I hope he does. <laughs> do you think if he comes, because they're doing five nights here at Madison Square Garden, he would have to come. Uh, do you think he's going to come all five nights? No, I think he's seen enough. Yeah, he Because uh, he's friends. Like, And also, I actually looked it up. Like, What kind of music does Guy Fieri like? <laughs> I really did. And you know what? He's a big Metallica junkie, mm. which we'll get into. We will. Pantera, Rage, of course, ACDC. He's even said, like, there's something about living in LA and living in Long Beach back in the day, you know, and Rage coming out, just getting out all that energy. Mm -hmm. Like, he, I think Guy Fieri is the kind of guy who needs Rage Against the Machine's music. I think so, too. To, like, get it out. You know, like, his, his, hair is fire you know <laughs> like he's electrifying like he does need this he's a big fan of rage of course he said his sons are big fans he says his wife doesn't like it so he has got to do it when his wife's not around <laughs> and um but he also enjoys slipknot 
it's, he was caught watching a Slipknot show last year yeah. wearing a hoodie. <laughs> and I think that's basically at this point, it's like, why don't I just go on tour with them? Yeah, why like, not? They're just going to find me, you know? I mean, I guarantee you that the places that he reviews are the exact places that Slipknot's stopping at. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that he spent a lot of time in Des Moines. I would imagine Des Moines, Iowa, where Slipknot's from. I would imagine that has a lot of diners, drive-ins, and dives. I remember that's where we ate Crab Rangoon pizza. Ugh. It was good, but it was definitely Guy Fieri material, okay. and it was a bad decision right before a show. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Guy Fieri would help you with that. He's like, is this pre or post show? Yeah. You know, he would give you all the notes, <laughs> like a nutritionist in a way. The only time I ever went to a restaurant that was like a Guy Fieri place, it was Comet Diner in Milwaukee, and that was the worst food poisoning I've ever gotten in my life. I almost vomited on stage. I ate it right before our last podcast stage. I ate a bunch of meatloaf, and started vomiting during the meet and greet afterwards. Remember I called you and you were worried that I was going to die because I was calling you sick from that hotel room in Milwaukee? I kind of remember that. <laughs> I think Brooke and I were hanging out getting drunk and be like, I don't know, he says he's sick. Yeah, it was um, something like that. Um, I so is that a Guy Fieri establishment? That was a Guy Fieri pick. Oh, that was a pick. That, Yeah, that was a pick. I did try Guy Fieri's chicken at a show before. I, I can't remember what town I was in. I, that was the single worst meal I've ever eaten in my entire life. So go just to Guy Fieri's music picks. Check out his music picks at least, because he seems like a decent guy. He does. He's just he's got the music taste of like a high school football player. And who wouldn't want that? I actually, know. his taste actually ranges in all kinds of music. Yeah. Because he says he's also a country music fan, and he rocks out to Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings. Again, my argument does not change. Okay. He's also oh here we go here we go. He's also into Gypsy Kings. And Tony Bennett, who, <laughs> by the way, is a treasure. Read his autobiography. It's amazing. You read, to, what, is, what is his autobiography like? It's, well, he's a World War II vet. And, you know, he was that guy who went over to, like, save people from the Holocaust and mm -hmm. give them chocolate and is, stuff. Is and, he like, Jewish or did he just happen to be one of the guys that liberated the concentration camps? I, I think it could be either or. Either or both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's either or, really. Yeah. No, uh, well, the reason why I got interested in him is because, you know, I lived in Astoria for many years before you and I got together and started living in Brooklyn. And so he's like one of Astoria's most famous people next to Christopher Walken, who grew up like around the corner from where I used to live. Mm -hmm. So I, for some reason, just got into this Tony Bennett thing, <laughs> and then I read his entire autobiography, and he's just a doll. Yeah. He cares so much. He's such a good guy, and Guy Fieri and Tony Bennett, I see it. Yeah. I can see it. I see it, too, because by all accounts, every single account I've ever read, and that's why he's always so loved on Last Podcast, everyone says he's just a gem. He's a gem. <laughs> he is, he's a great person to work with. He's very nice if you meet him on the street. I hear he's an absolutely wonderful guy. Okay, and I'm almost done. I'm not quite done yet. The kind of music that Guy Fieri likes. Here we go. <laughs> I can't believe this part, is a segment. Part four. I know, I know. All right, Enya. He enjoys some Enya when he's in the mood. You know what? I do as well. Who wouldn't? I do have to say, Enya's not really... I mean, I kind of go by the Chuck Klosterman school of like, there are no guilty pleasures. You either like it or you don't. Right. I just, I sincerely like Enya. It makes me feel good sometimes. All right. That's cool. Yeah. 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 No more power to you. Yeah. And he says he likes to throw down with a little Los Tigres del Norte. Ooh. Which means he likes some Tejano music yeah. as well. So I think what he likes is just... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He just enjoys like whatever he's cooking to, I think he has a good soundtrack with. Like Enya might be a more meditative, more contemplative Guy Fieri that we don't know about. Maybe well, the guy who's getting his scalp massage. <laughs>
But like Los Tigres del Norte, like he's like that that's he's making like a picada. He's making yeah. fajitas. Yeah. There's smoke everywhere. That's a bouncy one. I mean, for those of you who don't know who El Tigres del Norte are, they're one of the biggest bands in North America, but nef- huge. Gigant- like these guys, they also sell out Madison Square Garden for what, three, four nights. Yeah. Every single time yeah, they come. Yeah, probably even more than Rage Against the Machine. Probably. Yeah. I mean, these guys, they have their own line of cowboy hats and cowboy boots that you can see. Like any Western store, it's just filled with El Tigres del Norte. El Tigres del Norte. Los Tigres. Los Tigres. Ah, Tigres. That's a heart. Los Tigres del Norte. That's the only problem. It doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. Yeah. They should have worked on that. The Northern but, you know, Tigers. There's there's like 20 of them. I'm sure it takes forever to agree on like, where do we eat? Let's call Guy. <laughs> because we don't know. Oh, one last thing. Guy Fieri also, because he's very inclusive, loves jam bands. Well, now, the thing was, if you would have asked me at first, what is Guy Fieri's music? taste, I would say like, oh, he probably goes to string cheese incident shows a lot. He says he's big into fish. Yeah. And the drummer of fish, which is, I didn't know this because I don't really follow fish, but the drummer of fish, his name is John Fishman. Uh, <laughs> I, I still I still find it funny because it's new to me. Yeah. He's apparently the godfather of uh, uh, Guy Fieri's nephew. I mean, he was born from a jam band. <laughs> you know, like that's his origin story, Guy Fieri. What and an- so, hey, good for him. What an odd little world he lives in. Isn't that great? <laughs> he created this. Yeah, he did. And that's great. And then people get to just go and live in it. That's wonderful. You I, should take him on the road. I would love to take him on the road. If he, We've been waiting for years for him to notice us at last podcast and give us a little doff of the hat and say <laughs> like, oh, yes, I appreciate you people saying how good of a person I am. Yeah, exactly. We're tooting his horn. Except that he doesn't like eggs. That's the only problem we have together. That is the big thing. He, well, he says that he's coming around to eggs. He says he's coming around to it, or at least that's what I've been told. Inclusivity. Indeed. So Guy Fieri is on tour with Rage Against the Machine I'm glad we got to the bottom of this, and that's why we need extra play, by the way. That's right, because we can't really fit that into a Rage Against the Machine series, because we can't make that the finale of a a six-part Rage Against the Machine series. (sighs) One day. One day. One day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Of course, Rage Against the Machine. Yep, they're on tour right now. We're going to go be seeing them at Madison Square Garden next week. Maybe we'll see you there at one of those five shows. Yes. Guess which one? I know. <laughs> or where we are. It's like, who <laughs> In knows? Madison Square Garden, yeah.
Well, our next story today, it's about a release, a very fucking cool release that, uh, I don't know, I might actually pick this up. There is a full box set coming out that is collecting a lot of the songs that were played in John Hughes movies. And John Hughes movies, of course, have some of the best soundtracks of the 80s when you're talking about like new wave bands. I mean, you're talking New Order, The Smiths, Echo and the Bunnymen, Psychedelic Furs, OMD, like... John Hughes, the soundtracks, I think these days, like it's more known for being these portraits of teenage angst and just like being able to capture like, what was it like being a teenager in the 80s but the soundtracks to these John Hughes movies are all so fucking good actually I've been rebagging our like I've been putting new nice liners in our entire record collection and I came across yesterday I bagged up like the Pretty in Pink soundtrack which was something that you brought to our collection yes I found that downstairs from the apartment I was living in at the time how cool is that <laughs> that's great yeah I love it too I, yeah. I played it so many times it's a fantastic soundtrack it's a really solid soundtrack but i was going through the track listing on this box set of course it's called life moves pretty fast the john hughes mixtape i get it yeah i get it and there was this article on stereo gum i think no it's on brooklyn vegan that went through a lot of the songs that are included on the album and songs that aren't included on the album and i realized going through these songs that the best john hughes soundtrack is ferris bueller's day off that's where the life moves pretty fast part is. Of course. I just thought of that. I was like, oh, maybe some people might not know what that means. You put, that was in our wedding. Oh, so. <laughs> no, not you. I know that you know what this means. That was in our wedding vows. That's true. Yes, it was. Uh, in my wedding vows to you. But yes, life moves pretty fast. That's from a couple scenes of Matthew Boderick looking at the camera and them being all cheeky and cute and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, just, just in case. Just yeah. in case no one's all the, you know. Just you never in case. Done. But yeah, no, I see all this. This is great in excess. The Smiths. I love the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't have gone through college without them and I mean this is like 20 years after their prime but Mm -hmm. you know it still resonates the same because when I was listening to Smiths in like what 2004 Mm -hmm. instead of like 1986 or whatever it was still the same I was still that like wallflower of a romantic girl just having all these visions and ideas of what I you know of, of what things could be of Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Although at that point he was probably 50, but you know, I've seen Joylet Club. Mm-hmm. And so I so like a lot of this music does That was re- what you chose for Andrew McCarthy is Joy Luck Club? He was also in Pretty in Pink. <laughs> But it's interesting that Joy Luck Club is the one that you pick as like peak Andrew McCarthy. Well, because he's a husband and a father. I see. And now you see, now that I'm an older woman, I'm no longer a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. I look at more husband, fatherly, like, I, I don't, I'm not sweating over high schooler. I understand. You know, because that's weird. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? I got to well, say Joy Luck Club era uh, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy at this point. Well, to be honest, all those people playing high schoolers, they were all in their mid to late 20s. It's still those John weird. Hughes movies. No, you're absolutely right. They were still very old. <laughs> Uh, for what they were playing, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, come on, like Judd Nelson, he was like 35 in The Breakfast Club. It is strange. <laughs> it is strange. He could grow a full beard, that one. <laughs> but but a lot of the music does resonate. It's very teen music. Yeah. That's how I see it. It's exactly that, you know, but like especially Pretty in Pink, you know, and especially the, like Breakfast Club. Those are very much like teen songs. But what I love about Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that it's more of a soundscape. Like it, it shows, I think in that one, he uses music so much more as like a mood and using it as fun, you know, like or to use it to like punctuate things. For example, I didn't know this until I read this article. There's that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where, you know, they're going to the art museum and, you know, it's a very contemplative scene. It's all silent. 
silent and there's this orchestral song being played in the background. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Yes. When, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Speed. Uh, <laughs> I Remember I just said, I hate it when people do this. Yeah. What's his name? The guy that plays Cameron. Yes. The yeah. guy that, that yes. <laughs> yeah. He gets really into Alan it. Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck. Yes. Yeah. So he gets you, really into I'm not going to get mad at you for not remembering Alan Ruck's name. I don't think anyone's going to get mad at you for that. No, it's not about getting mad. It's about like, I don't like it when someone keeps going like, what's the name of that thing? And and then it goes on forever and ever. And look at me. I'm doing it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing the thing that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. So yes, Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cameron, and he gets sucked in into the Surat painting, right? Yeah. Or whatever you Surat. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. And so, and then there's like that beautiful soundscape music. But who's that from? You know what that is? I just found out that today. It's the Smiths. Oh, it's that's a, right. It's, it's a cover in, of the Smiths, right? It's an instrumental version of Please, Please, Let Me Get What I Want. That's true. That is actually beautiful. I, I Yes, I've looked that up now. The Dream Academy did an instrumental version. They also did a version with lyrics, I guess, that they released as well. That was, I, I believe it was a single. Yeah. But this instrumental version was never included in the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I mean, there was no Ferris Bueller's Day Off soundtrack, That's right? That's crazy. It just like, it, they, they were going to do it and they forgot to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do it because at the end it did say, like according to this article, like at the very end, it's like soundtrack available on such and such like they always used to do with movies and they never released a Ferris Bueller's Day Off soundtrack even though it's the best soundtrack. I mean, it's the one that's got Day Bow Bow, I think is on it. Yeah, can we... Day Bow Bow. I was actually going to ask for, <laughs> can we get like a oh. real Ian? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is great. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Well, okay. All right. I mean, what's great about that is it's an odd choice because Yellow, I love Yellow. Like the band, mm-hmm. that's the band that did that song. It's Y E L L O. They're fucking bizarre. Did There's... they do? Well, like, I want to hear another Yellow song. Do you I'll, know what I mean? Like, I'll make you a playlist because <laughs> I fucking love Yellow. They put out so many str- really strange. Like, they're. I guess who I would put them in league with, like not even necessarily in sound, but as far as like innovation goes, it's like Yellow, Sparks, and Oingo Boingo. Like those sorts of bands that just did really weird stuff that's still poppy, like really playing, you know, with with kind of the pop conventions. That's cool. Yellow's one of those bands. Is it cool if you like play another song? Like just like can you like I know this is nuts but I've, I, I, I'm i curious yeah I don't know maybe the audience wants to know <laughs> yeah check out this song uh, Rock Stop fucking love this song
looking at me like that. No, I love it. No, I think it's great. Sorry, I was cross-eyed. Uh, no, it, it is great. It's so different from what I expected it to be. Yeah. But that's great. You're right. It is like five different bands were stuck in an elevator together. And the only way they could get out is if they make beautiful, beautiful music together. And it works. Yeah. So I will check it out. Yellow? Yellow. Yeah. It's from That's from their album, uh, Solid Pleasure, 1980. Okay, check that out. And also, sorry, what life moves pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know even know why we're. Rever- well, actually, this is kind of interesting. I think it was this whole project, this whole thing, this like massive CD box set, also mm-hmm. a vinyl box set, was coordinated with John Hughes' son, and uh, this music supervisor guy, and like they put it all together, and because it was important for them to, like, I guess they wanted this, like what you talked about, Ferris Bueller and the music, like they wanted to set a mood. Yeah. And I think they're doing it. I don't know. I haven't like really checked. I only checked out a couple of the songs that they've talked about so far. But it just seems like they are. This actually sounds kind of fun. It is fun. Like yeah. I, I want to hear some of the deep cuts, like that stuff that was like just sort of in the background of these movies. And then you hear like, oh man, yeah, I know that's I know that Revio song. Hell yeah, rev up, fucking do it. Like I'm looking forward to it because I think yeah, I've decided that we're gonna have to own this. We we might yeah because I know there's that new order song Elegia. Mm-hmm. I believe that's. The one that's on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack? Yes. So that one's very Ennio Morricone inspired, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a very atmospheric sound. I mean, of course, it's New Order. They're going to do that a lot. (laughs) But the cool thing about it is, because I remember when we did our Joy Division series, we did play an Ennio Morricone song, you know, from the Good and Bad and the Ugly soundtrack, which, by the way, is one of the best soundtracks ever. I I write to it all the time. Yeah. And Not just for the main song, but the entire thing is, I mean, just Ennio Morricone in that era is just put on Ennio Morricone westerns and just have a day with it. Yes, exactly. You can listen to it for a day. Yes, you totally can. (laughs) Gabriel's oboe, like I just play it over and over and over again. So yes, it's so great. It's great stuff, and I love that. Like we got the new order. Like I guess it was something that I learned that I was so proud of that I wanted to bring up. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a Bernard Sumner was really into this, and then like I hear a song that's so much based on something I learned once a year ago, and well. It's, it's content. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to bring it up, you know, because you can see that these guys, these uh, influences that they had, like they followed them throughout their entire careers. You know, Pretty in Pink. Like, what year was Pretty in Pink? I think that was 86. Yeah. That was, remember, because we talked about this also recently in the replacement series because Mr. Harry Dean Smith, <laughs> no, sorry, because Harry Dean Stanton, remember, he did Saturday Night Live with <laughs> the replacements as the, the musical guest. And he plays the father in Pretty in Pink. And it's also one of my favorite cable TV movies to watch whenever I'm visiting family. Mm-hmm. So it's also a great film. Yeah. But in its own way. And the soundtrack as well. So I guess that's where I, I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this unscripted, you know, like whatever. Just fucking going just for fucking it. Fucking going for yeah, it. Yeah, just fiddling with the charm knob. I love it. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, so... That's our news stories for this week. There's a couple other things that happened. Shakira's in for a gigantic tax bill, and there's a new Selena song out. But instead, let's talk about fucking Metallica. So, Is I... there a riff here? <laughs> Ian, can you bring in a riff? Oh, you want a riff? You want a fucking riff? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, that, that works out well enough. Okay, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's a fucking great riff, and that is actually the album that we're going to be talking about today. Okay, great. What is it? And Justice for All. Excellent. I am assuming everyone is going to get their justice. <laughs> now, now, begin the story. Uh, well, that's the ironic part about it, is that the story- Don't, don't spoil it. <laughs> Why are you spoiling? We've just begun. We've just begun. Okay, yes. true, 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 true. So, Injustice for All was the fourth Metallica album, I believe, after Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets. Of course, there's the Garage EP. I'm a big Metallica fan, by the way, in case everyone didn't know. That's what, I think that's what uh, Extra Plays all about like everyone's found out that my music tastes are like more basic than they expect them to be rob zombie <laughs> Italica. yeah it's great stuff no but. it's i mean well it's stuff that i loved when i was a kid and i just never fucking stopped loving because why not and right. just as master of puppets still makes me feel awesome i mean okay the black album listening back to it now like it's very surly teenager extremely surly teenager let's get back to the story but that's the reason why that's their biggest album okay. so and oh, yes and so yes i want to hear the story so injustice for all is uh, metallica's fourth album and this was recorded right after the death of their original bassist cliff burton who died in a bus accident very very soon before they went into the studio for this one okay uh, and also the bus like was it the metallica bus yeah they were on tour they were i can't remember where they were i think they were in norway or something like that and the bus slid off the road cliff burton was in the bunk sleeping uh, and he was killed in a bus accident and metallica was kind of never the same after that as far as like people goes like james hetfield lars ulrich and kirk hammett like it fucked them up horribly it really fucked them up bad But what they did is instead of like processing it and dealing with it and all that, they started looking for a new basis and auditioning new basis a week after Cliff Burton's funeral. Right. So, it almost makes you think, who was driving that bus? <laughs> what do you mean? Who you, was driving that bus? The bus driver. Okay. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm asking think... all the unnecessary questions. Here I am. You think, oh, so your theory is that Lars Ulrich may have killed Cliff Burton? <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just messing around. I don't think he's a murderer. Yeah. No, no. He's just may, maybe exhausting at parties, but not a murderer. <laughs> no, not at all. So Metallica brought in eventually this guy, Jason Newstead, who had been in this band called Flotsam and Jetsam. He's more of a speed metal guy, where Cliff Burton, his bass was more atmospheric, you know, like uh, especially like songs like Orion, which is this great atmospheric song that is on uh, Master of Puppets. Jason Newstead is a speed metal guy, so he uses a pick and it's just 
and he goes really fucking fast. But he was the right guy to bring in because Newstead was a great fucking bassist. So he was brought in. They recorded and Justice for All. It's one of Metallica's best albums. It's got one. It's got Blackened, Harvester of Sorrow. Like it's such a great album. But Metallica, when they went in to mix the album, they mixed it at Bearsville Studio in upstate New York. And they were mixing it at the exact same time that the replacements were rec- there recording Don't Tell a Soul. Oh, and they were the ones who messed up the brakes on the bus. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was the replacement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This yeah. is another time. Yeah. <laughs> There's no murder to solve okay, here. Okay, okay. I know we've been watching Mind Over Murder for the last two days and like really brought in true crime like hard trying to solve murders here. There's no murder to solve with Cliff Burton. It was a horrible accident. Okay. R.I.P. No, you're right. You're right. So they're in Bearsville. They're in Woodstock, New York, mm-hmm. right? That's like right outside of Woodstock. Yeah. And they went in there to record and Justice for All. They went in there to mix and Justice oh, for sorry, All. Oh, I'm sorry, to mix it. They yeah. already recorded they'd this. Ar- yeah, they'd already recorded with it. With Jason Newstead. With Jason Newstead on bass. His first album with the band, and it's not too long after Cliff Burton died. And of course, Jason Newstead, he's no longer in Metallica. He left in like 2002, I think. Wow. And this is 1986? Somewhere around, or 88. No, no, it's 89. 89. 89. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's, it. yeah, it's 89 because Metallica, the surviving members of Metallica, just horribly hazed Jason Newstead. And it basically never ended because he wasn't Cliff Burton. What did, what did they do? I mean, they were just as horrible as they could be. They, they just treated him like shit. They said they wanted to... Did de- you sign an NDA? <laughs> <laughs> well, they said they wanted to defan him because okay. at that point, okay, get it. you know, at that point, like Metallica had put out Kill 'Em All, Master of Puppets, and Ride the Lightning, which are, you know, metal classics. They were legendary even in the 80s. And Jason Newstead was, of course, a fan of Metallica. So, like, we can't have a fan in the band, man. Uh, and Metallica are famously dickheads. Oh, yeah. They had, yes. they had anger, they had grief, they had sadness. You know, of course, they talk about this in some kind of monster at length during their group therapy sessions. So, some kind of monster being a documentary. Yeah, that's the documentary about Metallica. Got it. And so they just directed all of that at Jason Newstead. And one of the biggest examples of hazing that people give is the mixing of And Justice for All. Although Metallica does say it wasn't about hazing. It was about Lars's ego, which isn't all that much better. Okay. So Metallica goes into Bearsville. Jason isn't there. It's Lars and it's James Hetfield and I think maybe Kirk Hammett's there as well. And they're mixing the album and they're listening to the bass. They're listening to Newstead's bass and Lars says, take it a little lower. And they take it a little bit lower. Take it lower. It takes a little bit lower. Lower still until finally you can't hear it. And Lars says, that's it. Why? Where's Jason? <laughs> Jason, I don't know. He's not there. Wait, wait, where'd he go? I don't know. He's oh, just not sorry. there. I don't have the entire story. I'm Why sorry. Why did we take this down? <laughs> Why did we take this down? So they, they got rid of the bass. They got rid of the bass completely on the album. And as, Why? And as a result, well, some say because Lars was trying to make his drums sound bigger and better because Lars is famously, like, that's the whole thing is that, like, Lars is famously, like, the worst member in Metallica. And everyone talks about how he's actually a bad drummer and he just sort of lucked into it. Oh, they're Ringoing him. Yeah. Uh, they- but Ringo was a fucking metronome. That's the thing about Ringo. Ringo was a fantastic drummer because he was exactly the drummer that the Beatles needed him to be. But Lars is just, I saw it when we saw Metallica in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah Lars was off time a lot. 
Uh, okay. Of course, that could also have partly to do with the fact that he was an old man. But yeah, he's off time a lot. So he's trying to make his drum sound bigger and fuller. So he brings the bass down a lot more. And Jason Newstead said himself that he played a lot of his bass parts along with James Hetfield's riffs. You know, so they figured, ah, no one will notice. It'll be fine. And and Justice for All is known as like the tiniest Metallica album. Even though it's really? fantastic, it's wonderful. I love it. But yes, it is considered the tiniest one. And a fans actually did a remix. Like there's two remixes. There's one called And Justice for Jason instead of <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> in which they got a hold of the mixes, they turned up the bass and it's not only an entirely different album, it's a better album. How do you do that? How do you turn up a bass? One of the ways that someone said they might have been able to do it is using the track from Guitar Hero, because there was a Metallica Guitar Hero. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and so they used, so they could take the bass lines, they could take the... Um, and since some guy who did the bass lines for the video game, all for the sound of it, is the guy who's on this new Metallica album, <laughs> <laughs> is what you're telling me. No, I mean, it's still in the mix, it's just... Barely, very, very there. It's just barely there. It is there, but it's okay. just barely there. And so why did Metallica do this? Just because uh, of hazing? Because this is their album. I know. They don't always make the best decisions. No, it's not about not making the best decisions. <laughs> it's about it's your fucking album. Like, I understand. I get it if you want to do a pranks that like they really keep you behind <laughs> you know putting whatever kind of stuff in the other person's luggage and then you're all in a conference room at mm-hmm. LaGuardia but this is your work yeah you're, this is your- you're fucking with your baby well, I mean, but it's the thing is that a lot of people say it wasn't about the hazing. It was about Lars's ego, because what he was trying to do was make his drum sound great instead of making the album sound great. Got it. Uh, and what Lars wants, Lars often got in Metallica. And the people that were there that should have said, like, no, you need to have the bass turned up because that makes the album. Because I'd actually like to play a bit of the no, remix. Please and do. it's I mean, it's for those of you who are Metallica fans and you've never heard this before, or if you're like, fuck Metallica, it just sprawls overrated album, it's not that good. Listen to this shit. Okay, so this is the one with the bass. Yes. All right. Yes, this is the version of Blackened. That was the song that we played at the beginning. This is the version with the bass turned up. like a fucking haunted race car. Okay, now give it to me without the bass. All right. All right, I could hear a difference. <laughs> I really Don't can. Lie to, I'm your husband. Don't lie to me. I can hear I can definitely hear a difference. I I might have tuned out the first time. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> It's 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 really fun stuff. I'm not Guy Fieri, you know. I mean, going to every concert. I I do enjoy Metallica. I did see them live once, and that was really fun. Yeah, we saw them together. Yeah, we saw them together in San Francisco. But yeah, yeah, what jerks. 
Those guys are. <laughs> yeah. I Ultimate mean, it, prank. Lars makes a lot of bad decisions. I mean, the 2003 album Saint Anger has famously the worst snare drum sound ever recorded in history. It's basically a piece of tin that he just hits over and over again, and it's fucking awful. It sounds so bad. It's fun that they tried. It's fun you that know, they tried. They try things. Yeah. They they do. I I will give them that. I will give Metallica that. They'll go. Well, they'll find a new way to do something, and you know, James Hetfield will be like, "Hey, look, I'm painting my nails." You know, and like, <laughs> it's like, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad that your grandkids have showed you something cool. Yeah. So hey. I'm giving them my, my stamp of approval on this. Thank you, fans, and Justin for Jason or whatever. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I'm going to go home. I, I've actually never listened to this all the way through. I'm going to go home and probably listen to it this weekend. I can't actually wait to hear this album with New Year's. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that's Extra Play, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes, thank you so much. We're working on Patti Smith. We're we're still getting her done. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that, what, what that was. Uh, so thank you so much, everyone. Remember, no dogs in space at gmail.com in case you're in a band or you're just a person who just makes noises and you record them and you have them in MP3 form. If you'd like to send it to us, we would love to feature you as a band in the week on our show, mm-hmm. of course. We would absolutely love it. Yes, thank you so much. And also check out our Instagram, no dogs pod, you know, where we give you updates on things and when things come out and everything. And that's about it. Just like, and sometimes pictures of the dog. Yeah. And if you've got anything that you'd like to contribute to this show, if you have any something you want to hear us talk about, you can send an email to nodogsinspace at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, we'd love to talk about it. Absolutely. Please do. Uh, we take requests. Yes. Yes. Especially, like, do the work for us. <laughs> you know what? Send us the articles. We would love it. We're hiring. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. But no, if there's anything of interest, even local bands, I love to hear about that, even if I can't showcase this in any way. I love reading about it. I appreciate people who send in information, send in fun stories about things that or like hey Captain Sensible used to be my neighbor once like someone wrote to us that a while back and it's just it's great yeah you guys are fantastic thank you so much for your stories thank you for sharing your stories thank you very much and we'll uh, we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks and hopefully we'll see you with Patty Smith here very soon goodbye goodbye This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.